How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. If you're treating veterans with PTSD, VA's National Center for PTSD can help. The PTSD Consultation Program offers free expert consultation and resources to providers. We won't ask you to fill out any forms, and we respond to requests within a day. To learn more on this easy-to-use program, visit ptsd.va.gov consult. Again, that's ptsd.va.gov consult. Hey there, everyone, and welcome. It's episode 51 of the Unfiltered and Undiscovered podcast. And of course, I'm joined by my good friend Braggy down there in Adelaide. How are you, Tave? Curly, I'm fantastic. Looking forward to the next yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, you've, some you've got happening. some exciting things happening. But before we get into what you're doing, how good was yes. last week with Steve Bell? Oh, we could have talked forever. Absolutely. And, and once again, my research hey. was probably a little bit lax there. I, I thought, you know, seriously, he was a record store owner. But, man, the guy was a former time Promoted. He's, He's done, done everything. everything. <laughs> and it just blew me away. And then, you know, some of the people that he knew and were good friends with yeah. and some of the stories that he shared was just incredible. So that was such an amazing a- episode. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, and I that's could, very cool. It's unexpected, yeah. wasn't it? We just thought, oh, it's a record store. No way. It's much and more And I that. could tell that you enjoyed that one as well. Any, any oh, reason yeah, for you absolutely. to go dart off and find the, the right single to talk about at the end? Was <laughs> yeah, I needed something cool. <laughs> I, I thought... It's like the week. It's like what we're talking about tonight. You're the fanboy. I was a bit of a fanboy last week. Yeah, it was fantastic. Little bit of news coming out. We've got um, the new single from the Ritzy Kids out and about, and um, we've got um, Sean tapping on the door to come on the podcast, and we'll have a chat about that. So that's not a bad little song. It's a little bit different. A little bit um, more melodic. I, I think would be the word I'd use. So it'll be good to have mm-hmm. a chat to Sean to see how that came out and. Alison Asarch's album came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she's been doing the shows down there on the yeah. main street of How uh, Nashville. How cool is that? And, um, oh. yeah, so there's been a little bit of excitement. And this week I finally got to talk to Mick Madu from the Screaming Tribes. Oh, man. Was that good? I mean, I know yeah. I missed that one. Such a so shame. Such a shame. I want to let you two have a little <laughs> private moment, you know. <laughs> Mate, what a gentleman, really quietly spoken and just really humbled. And um, he was such an amazing That's guest. Good. And once again, I can't wait to break that one up and share it with everyone. So 
We've got this yeah, week be being cool. uh, part one of our conversation with Mick Blood. Next week will be part two, and then we'll share the Mick Madu interview over the following two weeks after that. But you've got some exciting stuff happening this weekend. I am... Oh, there's it's two really exciting weeks happening. <clears throat> I'm going to Sydney to catch up with uh, my brother. We have a little little family band, you may call it. It's called Rail Motor. Yeah. And uh, we write kind of songs about North Queensland, most of them about North Queensland, yeah. where we grew up. And they've kind of got a swampy feel. So we're, tomorrow I fly to Sydney to... Because we actually haven't played the songs together <laughs> yet because we've been in different states. So it's going to be interesting to actually hear yeah, what we sound like. It's it going to be a surprise. Be. So I'm looking forward to that. And the other thing I'm excited about is that the local footy is about to start. Oh, truly. Is it two so weeks? The legs. For, for the red yeah, legs. The, yeah, two weeks, I think. Oh, yeah. mate. I'm going to so, have to um, follow you on that journey this year with the, the red legs. Yeah, and hopefully we we'll get down there and get to a game on a Friday night at, at the parade. Be good. At the parade. At the parade. So hopefully a little bit drier and a little bit um, warmer than what it was last time we went. So, but <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. The early season's always good because it's just the end of summer right. or, or going into or going into autumn. So you just get nice sunshine. You know, get after, Saturday afternoon game. I it's love fantastic. this time of year. You can smell the change of season. It's just it's magnificent. So yeah, um, yeah. So hey, let's talk about our interview with Mick Blood. What was your overall thoughts? Wow. Well. I just I didn't realise that they supported so many yeah. big acts in, in America. That was the thing that amazed me the most. And, and like I said, I think once before, it's just so cool that Mick is is documenting yeah. all this because you know it's a it, oh, well. I don't know if anyone else is, but I'm so interested in those those times, those heady days mm. of the '80s for Australian bands, and so that, that was. Exciting for me. It was a rollicking interview, wasn't it? It just um, there. Sometimes we just had he dropped as a few (laughs) names dropped, and sometimes we just didn't know where it was going to go. So Mick was Mick, and no, and I thought that that was really incredible. But um, so let's um, let's get this started. Let's see how we go with this, and we'll get this started now. Lime Spiders, their biggest song, I guess, from a mainstream perspective, was their song called Weirdo Libido. Now, I say libido, other people say libido. So you corrected me and said it's libido, but I... That's what I say. I don't know if that's right. I always say weirdo libido. So what I'll do is I'll play a little bit of that song. It was on that um, the movie Young Einstein when it came out in in Australia. And I and I remember yeah. Tave watching that movie and listening to that song and thinking, oh my God, finally the um, Lime Spiders are going to get some mainstream attention. And well, it didn't really last for them, but still, they never hit that mainstream. And I and uh, I think people will get a bit of a sense of how Mick feels about that during this interview. So just about, we've just uh, broken the interview up into little bits, uh, ladies and gentlemen that are yeah. listening. So. Bite-sized chunks. So let's start with the lime spiders with Weirdo Labide.
Welcome to the Unfiltered right, so and Undiscovered the... podcast. We've got Curly and Braggy here, and it's our pleasure and it's a real honour to have Mick Blood from Lime Spiders on the other end of the phone. How are you, Mick? Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, great, thanks. Yeah. Now, now Mick... Chip it away. Chip it away at life. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way... <laughs> Hey, um, Mick, I've got to be honest, as I, I, I mentioned just before, I'm a bit of a fanboy, and I'm sure that the Lime Spiders have a pretty strong place in the hearts and the musical journey of thousands of people, not just in Australia, but right around the, uh, the, right around the well, world. Let's talk, well, well, let's talk it up. Let's say, let's say millions at least. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm happy to say that. So I'm, I'm sure that there probably are Are the millions. dollars coming in the millions, in the millions Mick? <laughs> uh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, never say never. But, that's it. Yeah, but in, but but I guess, Mick, in my mind, that's a that's a bit of a legacy. So when you look back on the Lime Spiders, and I still know you do performance, uh, you do still perform today. Are you happy with where the band sits in the overall um, concept of what Aussie rock is all about? Ah, uh, well, I mean, that's a bit of a loaded question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just happy with what we've achieved. I've achieved, we've achieved more than I ever dreamed of and, um, on our terms, basically, um, without sort of, um, going down the road of Aussie, of, um, you know, sort of standardized Aussie rock, I guess. I mean, we, yeah. we sort of, um, I guess we're a lot more left field than the average Australian rock and roll band and, um, you know, it gets back to our influences and um, and the way we approach music. I mean, it's not um, there's nothing um, predictable. I guess it, I like to think there's nothing predictable about our band. We've got a lot of variety amongst the in the music, and um, you know, there's a lot of different influences. It's not just one thing. You yeah. know, it's not um, you know. Um, I like to think that reflects in. In our recorded stuff, like um, no two albums are the same, and so on, you know. Yeah, absolutely. No two, no two, no two songs are the same. You know, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of variety, and I think that's something we've never really been given a lot of uh, kudos for. You know. Yeah, you you were sort of lumped in with this, uh, you know, psychedelic sort of a, a rock thing, but. When you go through some of your your albums, you know you pay homage to some really great. Um, well, you're not afraid to do a cover for starters. I think that's a that's an awesome thing. But the music is so diverse, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of pop. There's a lot of pop influence. Um, I've pretty much got two voices. <laughs> I can sing a melody. I can sing most melodies, and um, I mean, I can hold a note in a bucket pretty pretty, pretty much, and. Um, and, um, you know, when I open up my voice, the, the, the gravel comes out, you know, when, when I really push it, that's just, that's just there. It's always just, it's always just a, it's always just, just there and it's learning how to control it and how to write songs to suit it yeah. is, is what's really, um, is what became, um, the art to it really was to learn, learn the nuances of my voice and then write songs around it to um you know so how powerful is cox internet so powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players 
right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Got so I could use both sides of my voice kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, we got off a little bit awkward there, didn't we, Braggy? Uh, that was cool, though. I just, I just love... Um... I could hold a note in the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to remember that. Yeah, and and when you listen That's to his a... music, you hear both both voices that he's talking about. It can be really harmonic, yeah. and then you've got this real gravel that comes out. Yeah, yeah, man. He's a, he's a rocker, <laughs> you know. Just, it's, it's so but, cool. Um, but I guess this also started getting your interest up because the second part of the inf- interview was led by you, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I just wanted to know... Um, I just wanted to know how people start in the thing, you know? Do they... And I was just... Because because you were more into the into the Lime Spiders than I was, you know more about their story than me. Um when I research him and I see he's he's the singer and he's he's always the singer and he's always got all he's I mean I, I don't know how you how you start as a singer to get the people in the band but he he I mean he explains how he how he yeah, did it you let's know. Uh, listen to this so Mick, when you started it off did you did you ever play an instrument at all you just wanted to sing when you like when you first kicked off no. like 79 or whatever it was yeah well not, not, I didn't play guitar at our first ever gig, but beyond that, oh, I did play. I managed to get away with it for about for four gigs. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd four, um, four, four guitar lessons and four four gigs, so there's got to be something in that. That's what I'm doing. Perhaps I should have had more, le- well, I had more lessons out of but I still been a guitarist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you know, but I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing, the thing was like, um, it was like my guitar playing was very rudimentary to say the least. It was very basic, and um, I found it. Um, I mean, I realised very early on that um, I had far more potential as a singer than as a guitarist. So, um, <laughs> um, you know, and I just had a ridiculous style where I had the guitar up so high it was strangling me almost you know like um and it was just really uncomfortable and um so I gave it away as a bad joke (laughs) and uh, just stuck and concentrated on my on my vocals you know and so at the start with the guys in your band were they like were they like schoolmates or were they did you just go and find them like how did you being a singer how, how did you pull the band together well um it all came about through the association with a band called the Lonely Hearts, who were um, a place called Liverpool, Liverpool in the western suburbs of Sydney. Um, um, I grew up um, even further west than that. I, I, I came from St Mary's out that way, and um, I um, got to know a whole lot of crew through the Lonely Hearts. And I was even, I used to write for them, and um, just became a big fan. And through that, got to know a lot of a lot of um, musos and um, just people who were into what I was into, the sort of music I was into, and um, so it went from there. I guess that that's how we sort of the original one up to know each other anyway, and um, you know, so through that association, um, 
which are all it's all documented in my book, <laughs> my forthcoming <laughs> yeah. book. Absolutely, and now, now the- I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the book. Um, we'll get on to that, but I mean, the book sort of documents all that. You know, I mean, from the from the start, yeah. how we were formed, and even before we even formed. I mean, going back to my growing up as a kid and have, always having music, always having a song in my head, and just always music being a big thing in my life as yeah. a kid. Growing up in the sixties, you couldn't help it if you had an ear for music. It was was surrounded by great songs, so yeah. you couldn't go too far wrong. <laughs> but some of the songs you were influenced by, though, were, would have been they wouldn't have been played on everyday radio. You would think in Australia, like because I'm guessing the NCI uh, and I mean, like that. Oh, uh, but that's the yeah, the more alternative stuff I got into later on. But um, as a kid, like the top forty, you know, top forty was chock full of um, just brilliant songs. You know, like the average yeah. top forty was brilliant. You know, yeah. like. Um, the standard of music back then was incredible and, um, you know, once again, fairly diverse, but mainly pop and, um, you know, back in the days when singers could hold a melody and actually had songs, <laughs> they, weren't doing vocal, they weren't doing vocal calisthenics, which is what I call it these days, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Quite, yeah, like um, you'd have a singer on, on these, um, you know, oh, shows on television yeah. and so on, they're just trying to outdo each other with the... Mm. With, I guess, trying to fit as many notes in the, in the space of a minute as they possibly can. Absolutely. Yeah, so all, all technique, no passion. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, holding a note forever with guitar or vocals, even like with a with a good tone. Yeah. I mean that holding one note for a long time is is far more effective than. Um, you know, doing a million, doing a million, playing it, playing a million notes, or um, singing like that. You know, yeah. there's some interesting stuff in that mix. I, I like the four lesson and four gigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's. I mean, yeah, we're talking the we're talking punk yeah. really, and that's that's that was the whole ethos. You fuck these guys that can play a billion notes. We can we can just be as passionate. And just as relevant, and people can like it just as much. We just get up and play, yeah. play what we want. Yeah, it makes you wonder yeah. what music, would happen music. if we had six lessons. So, yeah, <laughs> what would it be yeah, better? Or well, less? Yeah, I, I think he made the right decision. Moving just being the lead yeah, singer, yeah, of, course. of course. And what also surprised me with that is when you asked about influences and what was he listening to on that, and he he talked about quite clearly the the top forty of the time. Yeah. Yeah, well, which I guess because that was what yeah. was on the radio. I mean, some of those other bands that they're influenced by, those garage bands from America, would never have got airtime in Australia. Yeah. And there was, you couldn't look it up on the internet. You couldn't go on YouTube and find a rare clip. You just had to hear what was played yeah. on the radio. So that's what it, yeah, that was one of the things that would, I was trying to work out how they yeah, got to hear that. Absolutely. Things. And I like your concept all technique and no passion. And we sort of got a bit of a yeah. glimpse around Mick's um, thoughts around music of today. That yeah, yeah, I don't think he's a big fan. No, and um, and I'd imagine he's not an avid watcher of a show like The Voice or something. So now, but that's the that's the time. It's one thing I just want to, like at the start. I want to go yeah, go for it. a little bit here because we we played that that film clip, and I was going to say something after that. The film clip of um, libido. The libido. Weirdo libido, and um, just the scenes in the pub. It just brought back to me that time 
in the 80s in Australia where you could go to a small venue yeah. and and it was just I, I just it just rushed back to me the smell of stale beer on the carpet smoke yeah. everyone smoked sweat back then the smoke the yeah because the yeah. lights weren't 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 LED lights they were freaking 1000 watt or 300 watt lights so it was really hot sweat and the PA just ripping your head off <laughs> And it doesn't sound very pleasant, but geez, that was so uh, much and fun. And it's where we lived. Yeah, that's yeah. where we all came alive. And yeah. and you could yeah. you could see then, Nick in that video clip of Weirdo Libido. Um, yeah. He comes alive on stage. I mean, I'm sure there's venues around today where kids go that are that are kind of like that. Obviously, you can't smoke inside there though now. But and I know that's that's fair enough. It's not it's not good for you. But it just seemed like you'd go into that yeah. little cave and the outside it was like going yeah. to the movies. Outside world didn't matter for all that right. that time. You, you you'd have, have a, you know? a a tally of cider. You'd <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was amazing. Oh, so, so, good. so I guess in the interview, what happened next was that I asked about his voice because obviously his voice goes in in some of his more popular songs, especially you get that gravel aspect. And I was yeah. actually quite genuinely, it was a genuine question, how's the voice holding up? But this is where we started to get a little bit of a glimpse about some of those touring schedules, didn't we, that, that happened. Yes. So let's listen to yeah. the part sure. about the So Meg, the voice. With, um, you were mentioning the two sides of your, of your voice and, of course, a, a song like Slave, Girl's, um, Slave Girl shows the gravel in your voice how is the voice holding up nowadays after going through your career as the as the vocalist for the line well, of spiders it's, it's, it's only got stronger really over the years i mean um i guess giving it a rest every now and again has been, <laughs> been important but um i mean back in the day i mean i can't believe looking back at this some of the touring schedules i mean Writing the book, I learned, I learned more about the band than I ever <laughs> than I ever knew. Kind of yeah. doing a bit of research and stuff, and um, there was this there was a period in um, a, a European tour where we did like eleven shows in a row. Wow! And I'm thinking, how the hell did I get away with that? <laughs> you know, um, eleven nights, including a huge festival in Denmark. I mean. God knows what um, whoever put that together, what they were think, what they had in mind. Like, um, and I've got no idea whether my voice made it made the distance. I, I doubt very, I very much thought it did. You guys would party pretty hard as well. I guess each night as well. So, oh well, I mean, what, what, what band didn't you know? <laughs> but I mean, you know, having said that, I mean. We were touring back in the day when, in our heyday in the late 80s, like, back then, um, you were doing the hard jars. I mean, headline act, we were headline act, headline touring act, but we often didn't play until midnight, you know, or later sometimes. And, um, you know, it's like um, you had to sort of somehow pace yourself for the performance, you know, like in... I think Doc Neeson sums it up when he said, um, "Dearly departed Doc Neeson," said that um, rock and roll is so strange because the most important thing you do is right at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people obviously, (laughs) why people take a lot of uppers and drugs to sort of stay afloat, you know. Yeah, very much so. 
11 shows in 11 days. Yeah, and singing like that. And it would have been full on. But you, you understand, I guess, what the promoter was trying to do, jam in as much as they could possibly get. Because that was in Europe, he of was course. saying, wasn't it? That was 11 days in Europe. Yeah, and I don't think that's uncommon for those mm. days for for band to do. That's you know that's not that that's not that uncommon. But yeah, th- no wonder there's yeah. burnout. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players, right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Millions of our nation's veterans deal with PTSD every day. VA's PTSD consultation program is easy to use and here to help you treat these veterans. Providers like you can access free consultation with expert clinicians, free continuing education, and free resources to help you assess and treat veterans. To learn more, visit ptsd.va.gov consult. Hi. And, it, and I really loved he, the way when he, he quoted Doc Neeson talking about that what people don't realize is that you, when you're in that industry, you, yeah, you don't start work till mm. midnight sometimes, 11 o'clock at night. And so, you, yeah, you know, no wonder musos sleep uh, are nocturnal. <laughs> one of the, thi- one of the might- things that I picked yeah. up was that being outside of the industry, you get this romantic ideal around what touring's like. You know, you're in yeah, yeah. an international country, you've got fans, you've got booked out shows, um, but the reality is vastly different. Yeah, especially for, you know, bands that aren't massive, that are ba- or bands like they were there and they were just, they were trying to, trying to make it. So you just, you're probably traveling, you're probably not even in a bus, you know, you could be just in a little van or yeah. something, you know, a lot of the There's times. a lot of transit, yeah. I'm imagining, and there's a lot of... Yeah, hotel room, yep. bus, venue, backstage at the venue. It's all and, grotty. And, and as <laughs> he know, sort of in, there's no, there's no glamour. And as he sort of intimated, <laughs> there was a little bit of partying going on because who else didn't? So, and who else did it? And how how else to make it a bit more, mm. you know, exciting yeah. than to than to you know take some drugs? Yeah. Now, not, I'm not endorsing <laughs> that, but absolutely. And now, one of the favourite bits of the interview is coming up next and this is where i asked about their most well-known song their the song that is the number oh, one yeah you got in the, trouble no, the number one best-selling <laughs> independent single of all time i still believe it is so which is quite a coup yeah. but i asked about slave girl and very very quickly i sort of thought maybe i shouldn't <laughs> so so before we get into the interview let's hear a little bit of slave girl yeah.
with a ball and chain Well, 16 years she's been hanging around Trying to bury me in a hole in the ground Well, I think it's time that I even the score There's only room for one in this cage of yours Don't save me when I'm starting to drown Don't use me when you don't want me around Just be my slave girl, cause that's all I need Just take a little trip back to the Stone Age with me So Mick, when Slave Girl, let's talk a little bit about Slave Girl because it was one of those songs that was always guaranteed to fill a dance hall. Do you have ball. to? <laughs> well, that's, that's part of the... He's a fanboy, remember? That's part of the reason why I want to okay, ask. Okay, let's... Yeah, okay. Let's keep it, keep it, keep it brief. Yeah, because that's one of the because, reasons... Because I do have a... I just have a bee in my bonnet about the fucking song, to be honest, like... <laughs> Because it was only our second ever single, and we released six albums since then. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, unfortunately, we're we're like the Trilogy Wild thing almost. We're yeah. um, <laughs> on a much smaller level, but we're we're just associated with that one song. Mm, yeah. And um, well, that was actually my question, I, Mick, because I wanted to understand your relationship, how it still was with that one particular song. So, well, I can't I can't complain too much because it's. <laughs> <laughs> it put us on the charts internationally and made me a lot of money and um it got us um yeah, it was covered by the Google dolls and a lot of things. There's a whole chapter dedicated to it in my book, you know, oh, like um yeah. it's got it's had so much longevity, it's unbelievable. For a song with no, without without even a film clip, um it's incredible how successful it was. It's been used on T V on two A B C T V programs and um blah, blah, a lot of things that people don't yeah. A lot of people probably don't realise how successful it, just how successful it was. Yeah. I mean, um, it was number one on the indie charts for well, about around about three years, and in the charts for longer than that. Mm. It just had it was like you know the, the most successful independent single of all time, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and um, so yeah, <laughs> sort of like um, became a bit of a thorn in our side because. People would come to geese just wanting to hear that one song, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah. we even went for a, we even went through a period where we didn't have it in the set. Um, how, how did how did the punters take to that? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's nothing they could do about it. We didn't play it, so you know, that's it. You know, like, well, too bad, <laughs> too bad, so sad. You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Players first get it out of the way. Well, that's, well, that was um, we've done that as well. Actually, we um, played a um, festival in Spain a couple of years ago. We headlined a festival in Spain along with Red Cross, American band, and um, a, a, a um, festival called the Purple Weekend in uh, Leon in Spain, a three-day festival that was out of 2017, and um, we actually. Um, 
started this set with Slave Girl and we did something we'd never done before. We sampled the intro and played it as a loop. So to sort of get this atmosphere going and then hooked into it. Oh, wow. And it was, oh. that was actually, um, that, that's actually stolen, stolen from a band who stole it from us because the Goo Dolls did it live <laughs> using that intro. Oh. And, um, we'd never done it and I couldn't believe it. Like they, they, I'm watching this video of them live at Red Rocks and they've, they've sampled that intro that we recorded and, um, you know, these are the Google dolls about Red Rocks. And I'm thinking, my God, why have we ever done that? <laughs> you know? So they sampled it and then, and like, they just had a sample and then they walked on stage and into the song, yeah? Yeah, well, they're already on stage and they just, oh. it, 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 they, they sampled, no, they, um, if you look at that, you can YouTube, you can YouTube it, um, yeah. but, you know, they also had three guitarists, we have one. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. that, says, that says a bit. <laughs> That um, Goo Goo Dolls version is pretty sublime too, just quietly. Yeah, I was going to say that that song could be, you know, it could almost be, it's grunge yeah. almost. It could be, could have come out around that same time or post grunge where Goo Goo Dolls are from. It's um, it's an anthem, that's for sure, and it's such a legendary song. And you know, I I can understand that um, bands sort of get a bit sick of it because they put out this catalogue and the catalogue's great and they've got this wide yeah. source of music but that song is yeah. so dearly loved and you know I, um, when we were at going to nightclubs if that song was played all you had to hear is that ooh the intro and all of a sudden the mm. dance floor would go from like 10 people to packed it was just that yeah. sort of a song, and there wasn't too much. Yeah, it pumps. It's got and it's got those like what I was I was I forgot that we were going to play the interview after, so I kind of butted in. But um, it's got those drops, you know, it stops, yeah. and then it's back into it, and that's why it's so. Both of us, you can see how it rock out, but you can see why people bands get sick of it. If you if you I mean you write that song, so you fucking yeah. play it over and over again, write writing it. And then rehearsing it, then recording yeah. it, and you go out and play it and play it and play it. And eventually, no matter how good the song is, it, it ends up being like Brown Eyed Girl yeah. or something to you. You're like, fuck, I've got to play yeah. this again. You and know? when you made the so, comment of playing it first, it took me back to that gig. I, I think I've told you about when I saw the Violent Femmes at a day on the green out here. And they, yeah, they, they came out and played Blister in the Sun first up. And I, I, I was yeah. blown away. I thought, why would you play your most popular song first? But then yeah. it set a pace for them that they never lost during the gig. But it was probably because they were just sick of it. Let's just get it done yeah. so that people aren't... Yeah, the people are going to yell it out. In the sun. So. You could just imagine Yobbo. Oh, no. so. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah. the like I had a really good... The whole question was crafted out there. And then when Mick said, do we have to? I thought, oh, no. <laughs> so... No, but I mean that's it's a good insight into what it's like to have a, a a big your big hit and what it's like to keep playing it. Every musician who's had a yeah. big hit would go through the same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, you know. So the last little bit that we're going to play from the interview for this week is we started talking about sampling, and the Goo Goo Dolls had sampled the the opening intro to um to slave girl but i had always thought that um hilltop hoods had sampled save my soul and so dumb me once again asked the question 
Because also your um, your intro to Save My Soul was sampled, wasn't it? Uh, no, I well, see that was a cover. Yeah, the original it was the original that was sampled. Gotcha. Um, it was done by Wimple Banker, English psych banker Wimple Winch. Yep. Um, and um, the Hilltop Hoods they uh, had the hit with it, and um, well, with that whatever it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that sort of music I hate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and they sampled that the original, that same original version, which we'd covered. So that's a bit of a um, anomaly that people have, you know. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know the Hilltop Woods had sampled it. Wow. Yeah, well, see, people think it was, they'd sampled us, but it was just the same song, but they'd sampled the original version. Gotcha. Uh, Gotcha. Yeah, okay. So you must have been pretty close to the the original version then, because the sampling. Every time I hear that song, I'm thinking that's uh, that's the that's the line spiders. Yeah, well, um, maybe I should check it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's could be some more dollars coming your way, Mick. So, so yeah. I'll take anything I can get. Yeah, hey, so at this point. <laughs> So I've actually put together and um, the the three intros to to this. So I'll I'll, oh, I'll let great. you and the listeners as to what did Hilltop Hoods sample. So here we go. This is the original. <laughs> So, a little bit quicker. So, let's listen to the spiders. I love this song. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, I think he was right. It's certainly a sample of the original, but they've sped it. Yeah. They've sped it up to almost yeah. fit the tempo of the lime spiders. Yeah, I guess. But you can tell by the grittiness of it that it's that original recording. The Lime Spiders recording is so cr- it clear. It is. It's and- really... I, 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 and I love that song. It's just... A, and really surprising mm. when I actually found out it was a cover. So... so something in my mind... It's not Hilltop Hoods, but it's someone else. It could be Hilltop Hoods. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing Slave Girl sample somewhere oh, too trolling. in my head. I can't think that's where. Gonna, that's going to eat away at you and you're going to find it somewhere. So I'll find it somewhere. Yeah. So that was the, um, that's yeah. part one of Mick. So next, part uh, two. Yeah, he's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I got really inspired by having a chat with someone like Mick Blood and especially someone that's put six years into writing the story about the lime spiders. Yeah, well, the next part, we're going to get the names dropped. We're going to find out what some people are really like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. According to Mick. According to Mick. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and we're going to find out about the lost week in Germany. Wow. <laughs> well, we're not going to find out about it. <laughs> uh, so, and we're going to find out a little bit more the, about the book. So, one thing that um, yeah. I what a cool guy, what a I, cool dude, mate. And I was just stoked. And I was the fanboy. Yeah. You were the music genius behind the unfiltered oh, no, and undiscovered. So, um, I was just pleased that I was able to, you know, have a chat with someone like a Mick Blood yes. from the Lime Spider. Who I only right. ever saw on stage once, and and I think I make mention of this. I, I made mention last week. I saw him at the Canberra Hotel, and they were really loud, and um, probably a little bit too loud for the confines of the room. But by the same token, it's a lasting memory that I'm certain, certainly taking away. So, so that was part one. Next week we will talk more about, I, I suppose, some of that grittier rock and roll stuff, aren't we? So, it, it's beautiful. Yeah. And surprisingly, some of the people that they um, supported in some of, some of the big names that they supported. So really exciting. Yes. So I hope everyone that's listening enjoyed part one and make sure you back up for um, part two. Let's talk about undiscovered seven-inch singles, Braggy. Do you want- well, I'm going to throw the obvious one up. I've got two. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to throw the, obvi- I'm gonna throw the, throw the obvious one up. Out of control, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. yep. What a what a cool um, what a cool f- yeah. cover though. Hey, look at that man, orange and yep. green. Save my souls on the B side of Lime that, isn't spiders. it? Live spiders, live spiders. They got their name from the from the thing, didn't they? From the they uh, com- yeah. ice, ice, ice cream and yeah, what's it called a yeah, soda. That's it. Yeah. Lime, co- lime that. um, soft drink and vanilla ice cream. Ice yep. cream. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So I'm gonna do that. Well, I do my well, I do my yeah, second one. Yeah, do your second one. Or, or have you have you got one similar to this? <laughs> oh, that's the one you want to get. So I, sorry, I gotta, Mick. I got to look that one. I got to look the price of that one up. <laughs> sorry, Mick. Um, I've, I've got the slave girl, and I'm not sick of it yet. So I, I certainly understand that you can have a little bit of a bee in your bonnet about it, but. We love this song, mate, and um, we we just love the band for being able to put out not just this great song, but so many other great songs. So, Lime Spiders. Yeah. I might save my other one. Ah, uh, no, throw it up. It's it's not Lime That's Spiders. Right. It doesn't have to be. Okay. It's just a cool, 
band and a cool song that kind of fits in with all this uh, independent alternative things. So Tony, Melbourne yeah. band, 82, 82, something to do with a union. Uh, painters and Dockers. Nude school. <laughs> there you go. Cool Did you ever that? see him live? No, I never oh, saw him live, my. but I want to know what all this means. <laughs> One of the things that the Dockers, right? The Dockers ha- have the song, You're Going Home in the Back of a DV Band, you know. Which is, a just, which is just from an English football chant. Oh, from mate, that. I've seen the Dockers once again just so many times and so much fun live. What's the, what's the guy's name? Paul? Oh, I, I oh. looked him up before, yeah. Paul Stanley? Paul. No, not Paul Stanley. That's Kiss. Yeah, it's Paul. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, just full on, just full on. And he was actually in ill health there for a while and he had some real surgery and and he came up and played Brisbane. This is probably only five, six years back and... Um, yeah. Me and my mates went to see him, went to see him. And it was like nothing had changed. If he had just come out of surgery, he was still the same. Was it him that would, was it him that would do that thing where he'd just shave one side of the beard uh, he, and then the opposite side of the moustache? You know, all, all of yeah, a sudden yeah, halfway through yeah. the, the giggy starkers up there and, you know, just, uh, just full on. Yeah. And a great band, you know, Die Yuppie Die. What a great yeah. song. Yeah. Nude School. So... Thanks. Oh, that's <clears throat> you've got something I don't have. So that's awesome. Woo, finally, I've got an independent <laughs> record that you don't have. You're the you're the you're the king of that, mate. What a what a great episode. Hey, good luck on the weekend. I hope everything goes well for you in respect of putting your band, to, putting the getting the the seeing how yeah, it sounds, the sound right. Yeah, I think it, yeah. Well, just we're we're working on the yeah. feel. That's the that's the thing we're going to work on. Make sure it it's feels be right. Grungy. First, and we're worried about be the sound swampy. later. It's going to be swampy. Yeah. Well, I figure North Queensland is kind of like I always relate it to the deep south of yeah. America, even though we, you know, for obvious reasons, it's just it's humid. Yeah. There's swamps. Yeah. We got crocodiles instead of alligators. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, a little bit um, different. I, I remember when I moved there in 88, I was sort of hoping that there was a, a bit of an underground band or an independent band movement. And just mm. as I got there, I think the splits were like the head of it and they left. Um, and yeah. um, unfortunately, there wasn't much happening. So, Yeah, isolated. Yeah. It's isolated up there too, you know. Absolutely. So. Now, we got a little bit of sad news and during... During the week that we didn't yeah, hear about, yeah. so we've talked about the boys quite often from Perth, and then yep. uh, we we found out that October last year, I think so. Yeah, what you said, the yeah. lead singer Brent had passed away. Yeah, we do have to. Yeah, would be good to. Well, I want to do a whole show on that yeah. album, Tony. Yeah, I think so. Because we, we, it's one album that we both love yeah, so much. And, yeah. So. Yeah, we just got to make sure everyone else loves it. So, but you will trust us. Trust us. So, yeah. so that was a little bit of sad news. As per always, I've added some of the Lime Spiders songs into our our playlist on Spotify. Um, Mick is writing a book and he is asking for support now. That GoFundMe campaign finishes, I think, on the twenty second. So if you okay, so yeah, get, get in. in if you want to support. I, 
um, Mick in getting that book out. It's going to be a cracker. There's going to be photos I'm imagining. I'm just, I, I can't wait to get my hands on a copy, to be honest. And I know you, you're the same. So, yeah. Any any book like that, uh, yeah, it's going to be, especially now I've talked yeah. to the guy. I can't wait. Yeah. So I'll have the link in the show notes. I'll have the link for the um, playlist. Um, now, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please follow, like, and give us a review. I mean, let us know how we're going. Um, we really do. We enjoy bringing the show to you, but, of course, we mm. want to make sure that you're enjoying it as well. So um, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, on TikTok, and always in the words of the famous Jagger and Richards, it's only rock and roll, but we love it. Like it. <laughs> I know. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Come back next week, part two, Mick Blood, Lime Spiders. We'll see you then. Cool. See ya. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 